Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And I'd just like to read a little bit, beginning in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not a works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus and the good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were for all, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to making himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word tonight and your grace. And more every day, Lord, I'm learning how to be thankful for your grace bestowed on us human beings. For we are sinful people, but thanks be to God we're washed in the blood, those that are saved. And we rejoice in that fact. Bless us tonight. Now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pray for Billy and Robin, if you would please, my daughter and son-in-law. Her, uh, Bill's stepfather, somehow, now that I haven't figured out how he did it yet, broke his neck in uh, Missouri. And they're headed there now. And so please pray for them as they travel. And I don't know, they said he's very critical. He's in the hospital right now. And his name is Middleton. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Saved my life. Richard. 
Middleton. And so please pray for him. And uh, he's, a, he's a fine gentleman. He really is. Just pray for him and God will take care of him. And pray for Brother Glenn Givens and Joyce Givens, his wife. Glenn is just having a hard time with his cancer. And they give him the treatments and it's just burning quite bad. And uh, Joyce just found out that she's got uh, something wrong with her pancreas. And uh, she was going for yesterday, I believe it was, or the day before, to leave Moffitt to see if it was cancerous or not. So please pray about that. I love them too very much. Now tonight, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, and in verse 12, we're giving God's terrible but true description of fallen humanity apart from Christ. Now apart from Christ, according to verse 1, we're dead in our sins. And in verse 2, it said we're deceived by the world. And in verse 2 also, it said we're dominated by Satan and desperate in our living in verse 3 and doomed to punishment in verse 3. In other words, left to ourselves, we're, we're utterly lost, helpless, and hopeless. The world doesn't accept this description of mankind, but God declares it. Let's go back for just a minute. And uh, this is the part that I talk to people about what in the world is going on in the world today with mankind. And uh, let's begin to read in Romans chapter 3, verse 9. What then are we better than they, knowing no wise? For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As they are written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all going out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is open scepter. With their tongues, they have used deceit, the pouring of acid under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery in their ways, and a way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them to are law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is a knowledge of sin. Now you take those verses, verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, especially through 22, and what is God's attitude towards fallen humanity? Now I'm talking about man without God. Man without God has no claim on God. And are completely bankrupt, destitute, and disobedient state would justify him in having nothing more to do with us. But what is God's attitude towards us? In the second chapter of Ephesians, there are two wonderful buts which reveal to us the amazing love of God in Jesus Christ. The first one is found in verse 4. Now go back to Ephesians chapter 2 for a minute and look at verse 4. 
But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. The first but here is that but God in his mercy. The second one is found in verse 13. In verse 13 says, But now is Christ Jesus, you are who sometimes were far off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now the Lord Jesus Christ by his death on Calvary's cross has brought us back into Calvary's cross and he's brought us into full fellowship with our God. All that was lost by sin and the fall has been regained and fully restored and we who believe have been made nigh. Now being made nigh means at least seven wonderful things. Number one, we have been born again and received eternal life. Verses 1 and verses 5. And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses sins. And then going down to verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved. So it's not we that quickened ourselves, but it's God. Now we who were spiritually dead because of sin have been quickened or made alive by the miracle of the new birth. John chapter 3, verses 3 and 5. The moment we believe on Christ and receive Him as our Savior, John 1, 12, we are born of God. John 1, 13, having received the Lord Jesus Christ, we become possessors of eternal life, 1 John 5, verse 11 and 12, and partakers of the divine nature, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Now, what we need to understand as children of God, that we're no longer just, we have the old sin nature, but we have been partakers of the divine nature, the nature of God. Number two, we have been raised to sit in heavenly places in Christ. Verse 6 says, And have been raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, just what does that mean? First of all, it does not mean we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. These verses do not say that, but we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know what God does for you and I when we get saved? He immerses us in Christ. Wherever Christ is at, then that's where we're at at this very moment in the eyes of God. Where is Christ at? He's seated in the heavenly places in, right in the presence of the Holy God. So therefore we are there. Now, this means that through faith we're united to and with Christ who has been raised and exalted to the highest height in glory. We who were uh, down in the lowest depths have been raised up to the highest heights in Christ. That's our new position through grace. We're now citizens of heaven. Philippians 3 verse 20. For our conversation, and that word conversation there simply means our everyday living, is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, thirdly, we have been saved by His grace. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Now, what a great word the word saved is. 
everything includes all the blessings which heaven will become ours through Christ Jesus. Four things are taught here in verses 8 through 10. Number one, salvation is a present possession. I do not wait to get to heaven to possess salvation. I got it now. Number two, salvation is altogether by grace. Salvation really doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with the grace of God. Number three, it is a gift received by faith alone. And number four, salvation is unto good works. If you get saved, you'll do good works. Now, we have been reconciled and are now at peace with God. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 with me just a second. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle of all the position between us. <clears throat> I love this. I love to study the temple, the parts of the temple, and especially the holy veil that was between the people and where the Shekinah glory of God was. But when Jesus died on, on the cross and was buried, the Bible says that that cloth separation there that kept us from the holiness of God was split from heaven down to us, not from us up to Him. Very important. It came from God. That's grace. And now we are, the door is open, in other words. It's not just a high priest that can go there, but it's you and I can go there today. And verse 14 says, He is our peace. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What that means is, at one time I could not approach God because of my sinful condition. But God justified me just as though I'd never sinned, and He opened that door to salvation that I can approach God at any time then we have been brought into a new relationship with God. Notice verse 18. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Boy, it's good to know that I can approach God every day of my life, ain't it? You think about that. Through Him, that's the only way you can do it. That's the reason that Jesus says, teaches us to pray in Jesus' name. You go to heaven's door, brother, you better go in Jesus' name if you expect to get in. Both of these refers to our Lord Jesus Christ through Him. Both means Jew and Gentile, or anyone. Access means an entrance and a welcome. One Spirit refers to the Holy Spirit. Then notice the important ending to this verse, unto the Father. The moment we are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, we know God not only as the, whole, as the holy and just God and the powerful Creator, but as our gracious, loving Heavenly Father. In other words, the book of Revelation says that Jesus stands and says, uh, Come unto me, I don't know why I cast you out. It's a wonderful thing to know that you go through life as a sinful creature on this earth, and yet Jesus has made us accessible to the Father. I can pray to Him anytime. A lot of people have got the idea that only a priest or a man or only the preacher can pray. No. Since that middle wall of petition has been broken down, and Jesus is our great high priest, seated in heaven right now, anybody can go to Him. 
through Christ Jesus. That's the only way. Now, we have been made members of the household of God. Look at verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, the household of God is the church. Now, how do we become members of the church of God? There's only one way, and it's not by water baptism, if people think. It's by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit, and that word Spirit is capitalized, that means that's the Holy Spirit. For by one Spirit are you all baptized into one body, whether you be Jew or Gentile, whether you be bond or free, and have been all made uh, to drink into one Spirit. Now notice, Paul tells us here that the apostles and New Testament prophets are foundation members because it was through this their ministry that the church became uh, fitly framed together and started to grow unto a holy temple unto the Lord according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 21. And then seventhly, we have been made fit dwelling places for God. Look at verse 22 in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Now the church, or all believers, are God's holy temple. Not this building. It's the believers that's the church. And so it's built by the Holy Spirit, and believers are living stones by which the temple has been built through the years. And sons of God's temple will be soon. That temple will be complete. Then we'll in the day of grace, and we shall be raptured into His presence to be forever with Him. First Thessalonians 4, verse 15 to 17. Now notice that the church is a habitation of God through the Spirit, and this is a true of each individual member. Anybody that gets saved by God's grace or a member of the church of God. You keep that in mind. We're made members of the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Every saved person, I don't care, you can call yourself a Baptist, a Methodist, a Catholic, you call it whatever, but if you've been born again by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, never mind the religions. If you've been born again in the family of God, you're part of that church you're part of that body. And the only way that anybody can ever claim access to that is by the grace of God. Look at verse 17. For now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were for all, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The only way then that anybody can be made nigh or come to God to be part of His bride is through the blood of Christ. Listen to this little thing I found. I thought this was sweet. By nature and by practice far, how very far from God, yet now by grace brought nigh to Him through faith in Jesus' blood. So nigh, so very nigh to God. I cannot nearer be, for in the person of His Son I am so near as He, so dear, so very dear to God. More dear I cannot be 
the love wherewith he loves the Son, such is his love for me. I like that. Amen. I believe with all my soul that I'm a child of God made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by any good thing or anything I've ever done in my life, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for a good day you've given us in this place for your people. Thank you very much for your people, Lord. Blessing, watching over, keeping. It's like a lady come to see me today and said, Preacher, it's so good to be back in the house of God where I ought to be. Only you can do that. We can't do that. Only you can do that. We thank you for acting in our lives, leading guys. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today.